The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. If a Trump falls in the forest and no one is around to hear, does he make a sound? Quote, I think even Trump is bored with this speech. Painful to watch. Stephanie Grisham, Trump's White House press secretary, quote, this is one of the most low energy, uninspiring speeches I've ever heard from Trump. Even the crowd seems bored. Not exactly what you want when announcing a presidential run. Sarah Matthews, Trump's deputy White House press secretary under Kayleigh McEnany, quote, Trump midterms, 232 wins and 22 losses. The losses included Senate races in Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, and New Hampshire, and governors in Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. Wins included dog catcher in Pahrump, Nevada. Not the same thing, and people know it. Mick Mulvaney, Trump's White House chief of staff, quote, While I will always love and support my father, going forward, I will do so outside the political arena. Ivanka Trump. 
Fox News bailed out. Bailed out of the live coverage. First Hannity bailed out, and then Ingram bailed out. It was so bad that even the new CNN cutaway. ABC reported that before Trump finished the speech, there was a crowd trying to get out of the ballroom, and security would not let them leave. Here is the gist. The speech was the usual stuff, only it was indoors. It didn't seem like he had pre-read the copy. It didn't seem like he could really see the teleprompter. The crowd was nearly silent. The speech was supposed to be 25 to 30 minutes and presidential. It lasted longer than an hour. Everything bad in the world was because he was thrown out. Everything good that's ever happened, you're welcome. Trump's official declaration that he is running was significant only in that it defied reality. And his problem now is that within the Republican Party, for the first time in seven years, reality is up off the mat and throwing punches. He is under investigation for espionage or worse, and he may be indicted within six weeks. And most importantly to his cult, he lost last week. And all the loyal lunatics like Doug Mastriano and Mark Fincham went right over the cliff. And yet somehow Trump is still standing. His hair wasn't even must. Now, you know what I mean. It is hard to register just how angry the Republicans are at Trump. Not his cultists, not the fascists, the Republicans. Try to take your own anger subtract the moral and democracy elements and replace it with a sense that you paid for fascism and power and this idiot screwed it up and just selfishly giving that speech last night could screw it up again in Georgia and mix in an added strong sense that you are Karen and he is the shift manager at the Gap. And maybe you'll get a sense of how much the fascists believe they did not get what they paid Trump for. Fox News carried the speech live. It was on during Sean Hannity's show, so that saved Sean from the painful experience of thinking. But nine hours earlier, Fox News showed a massive graphic dwarfing the anchors in size, depicting 13 different Republican presidential possibilities for 2024. 13! Everybody from Haley to Hogan to Hutchinson, no Trump. And do not think that disinterest escaped Trump's notice. His spokesperson said the refusal of any actual network except CNN and Fox to carry the speech live meant the First Amendment was under attack. And I don't have enough time to list everything that's wrong with that statement as I try to keep these to less than 45 minutes in length. Republican governors met in Orlando yesterday and Chris Christie. Do you remember Chris Christie? He hadn't even been a governor for four years. Chris Christie got up and blamed Trump for Republicans losing in 2018, losing in 2020, and losing in 2022. And he got a huge round of applause from the governors, according to source reporting from Axios. Hardiest of the clappers, Doug Ducey, the Republican governor of Arizona, who is not being succeeded in that job by Dolores Umbridge Lake. In the midterms, Christie told them the voters, quote, rejected crazy. Do not blow past that quote from Christie. The voters rejected crazy. You may notice a theme developing in the actively anti-Trump part of that party. Sarah Longwell of the anti-Trump Republican Accountability Pack says she did endless focus groups during the midterms and the independents and swing voters were furious and frightened about the economy. But there was a bigger problem, quoting her. The reason was always that the Republican candidate was nuts, specifically 
election denial. Wait, the Republicans are stealing my lines. Trump is nuts? Trump's candidates were nuts? The voters rejected crazy? So what if the GOP had no problem with crazy when it got them power? So what if these words are nothing more than catchphrases and brand names to them? Nevertheless, they are stigmatizing nuts. This is a watershed moment. The Republicans have embraced nuts since Nixon and Joe McCarthy before him. Moreover, there is the suspicious behavior of the very people the independents were describing to the pollster when they said the Republican candidate was nuts. These people are conceding. Adam Laxalt, Tim Michaels in Wisconsin, Blake Masters, even Doug Mastriano conceded. And yesterday, Alex Villanueva, the sheriff of Los Angeles County, who had gangs of deputies in his own department, who retaliated against whistleblowers, who tried to prosecute a reporter from the Los Angeles Times that he did not like, the real definition of nuts, the real definition of fascism, even this Villanueva conceded his re-election bid to Robert Luna. And mind you, Villanueva waited a week to do it, and he was losing 60 to 40. Even he has now conceded. I will never suggest for a moment that these people have developed conscience or patriotism or decency or morals or that they could not switch back in an hour and a half's time. But they have the survival instincts of cockroaches, and somebody just switched on all the kitchen lights in America. And it appears that that somebody is Donald Trump. Wendy Rogers, the Arizona state senator who was censured in March by Republicans for going to a Holocaust denial conference with Nick Fuentes, who called for hanging her political enemies, who posted that the mass shooting in the Buffalo supermarket might have been staged by the government. Even Wendy Rogers, cockroach, scurried on one of the right-wing streaming shows as soon as that light came on. I'm shocked by some of these numbers, Wendy. I gotta be honest. I mean, you, you know the state really well. You've been a grassroots activist for a while. The vibe on the ground was totally different than this, wasn't it? Yes, well, we wonder now if we were in an echo chamber. Well, I mean, look, this I, is- I don't know. I'm just beginning to get some perspective. You're wondering if you were in an echo chamber, you think? Even she, and again, not a moral level, not on a right or wrong level, just on a what's in it for me retaining power level, even Wendy Rogers admits she's just now getting some perspective. No, no fever has broken. No Republican has suddenly gone sane and no fascist has repudiated, you know, overthrowing the government by violence. And the same Republican Party hierarchy that fell before Trump's assault in 2015 and 2016 consists of the same boneheads today. But the one part of the Trump message that we in the not crazy party have consistently and self-defeatingly ignored is that the essence of Trump for those people who support him slavishly 
is the premise that he wins, that he wins at the expense of his enemies and that those who support him win with him and defeat their own enemies and claim their money and privileges as a result of winning. And Trump has not won crap since 2016. This message has not resonated everywhere yet, nor will it in the future. And hopefully that fact will enable Trump and DeSantis to bloody each other enough so that Trump does decide to burn the Republican Party down and run in 24 as an independent. Because there are still enough blockheads who will vote for him anyway, even knowing it will guarantee a Democrat in the White House on January 21st, 2025. And I knew I smelled something bad here in the neighborhood yesterday afternoon. Freedom News TV was around the corner in front of Trump Tower as about 10 Trumpists waved flags and chanted USA and stomped on a picture of Ron DeSantis. And one of them spoke three words, which could easily become the true Trump 2024 campaign motto. He has plenty of time to gain wisdom. Trump or death? Okay, you got it. But who's going to tell them? Who's going to tell them what the phrase this or death actually means? Because you know that they don't know that in that construction, they are saying that if they don't get Trump, they will take death instead. And I guarantee you, they have no clue about that. Besides which, Trump or death? I mean, you can have both. Just watch a replay of that speech from last night. That was Trump and death at the same time for an hour. Still ahead, what is almost certainly a Russian rocket or missile hit on the Polish side of the Ukrainian border and killed two people and leveled a silo. But is there an explanation that's, you know, less endy of the worldy? Bill O'Reilly is back and the worst persons in the world are better for it. Or, or worse. And in things I promise not to tell, when MSNBC made its least respected show host general manager of the network, and it somehow went worse and went worse more quickly than we all expected. It only took a week. That's next. This is Countdown. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. Oberman. Larry David's impression of the late Yankee Stadium announcer, Bob Shepard. Thank you, Larry. Still ahead on Countdown, what we know about the Russian rocket that landed in Poland, plus the totally stupid reason a great set of basketball uniforms can never be worn again. And Bill O'Reilly wins worse persons in the world. Need I say more? First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need. You can help. Every dog has its day. There are bad dogs, and there are bad people, and there are more of the latter. Elsa's alleged humans went to surrender her and her brother to the pound in Brooklyn, discovered there was a fee to do that, so they left. Shortly thereafter, they found Elsa and her brother tied to a fence behind the pound. Elsa is not a shrinking violet. She's an 80-pound shepherd mix, but she is terrified in the pound. Right now, she won't allow handling, and they will kill her if a rescue does not save her immediately. Elsa will be my pinned tweet at Tom Jumbo Grumbo, and also in my regular feed. If you can pledge to help defray a rescue's costs, it'll be a huge help. If you can't donate, a retweet can be almost as invaluable. I thank you, and Elsa thanks you. Postscripts to the news, some headlines, some updates, some snarks, some predictions. Dateline the Polish-Ukrainian border. The bad news is sure looks like a Russian missile blew up a silo on Polish soil, killing at least two. The good news is it's either an overshoot or possibly a Russian missile or rocket intercepted and deflected by Ukrainian defense. How could any of this be good news? Well, it would mean it was not an attack on a NATO country, and therefore we don't have to bomb Moscow. As one British analyst noted, if the Russians really wanted to trigger World War III, they probably would not have targeted a farm silo in Poland. Dateline Fulton County, Georgia, another Trump flunky is ordered to testify to the grand jury investigating his attempt to alter the 2020 election results there. This time it is the disgraced former General Michael Flynn. He is scheduled now to testify next Tuesday. 
And Dateline Fox News, funny how after his midterm guarantees turned out to be all wrong, Tucker Carlson was again missing in action from his fascism hour last night. The guest host was the former ESPN king of blandness for two years running, Will Kane. But Monday, the guest host was Tulsi Gabbard, whom Fox identified as a former Democrat. Tulsi Gabbard is a former Democrat and always has been. This is Sports Center. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown. With Keith Olbermann. In sports, baseball free agent season is underway. Tyler Anderson, pitching for his fifth team in three seasons, makes his first all-star team ever and has his first winning season as a starting pitcher at age 32 for the Dodgers. And that gets him three years and $39 million out of the Angels. Now, I have no idea why the Angels have only played three postseason games since 2009 and lost all of them. The Yankees re-signed first baseman Anthony Rizzo, $20 million a year for two years, just as important in a year and a half in New York. Rizzo has become tight with Yankee free agent home run record setter Aaron Judge. That is rarely decisive among free agents, but it can't hurt. College football, the 115-year-old program at Whittier College in California, is coming to an end. Coaches fired, players notified, but in public, no comment from the school. Nobody has made it official. Whittier started football in 1907. It has won 26 Southern California intercollegiate conference titles, won as recently as 2007. It was where Don Coryell and George Allen first coached and where they had a tackle on the 1932 squad named Richard Milhouse Nixon. I am not a crook. Also, I am not a football player. And finally, it happens. Sports, which is now mostly about creating new uniforms and other junk so they can sell you new uniforms and other junk, has finally outsmarted itself. From the city of merchandise, this news, the NBA Milwaukee Bucks proudly debuted Cream City alternate uniforms that honored the city's early architecture, a pleasing off-white color that earned Milwaukee that nickname, the Cream City. Turns out they can never wear them again because that color, cream or off-white, screws with the digital technology that lets them project advertisements onto the basketball court on the television broadcasts. In short, the players disappear and their bodies become part of the advertising. And I'm sure somebody in the NBA marketing department heard that and said, the players become part of the advertising? And you say that like it's a bad thing? Still ahead, I insist this is the worst management fiasco in television history. A guy appointed general manager of a network and A, everybody at the network laughs, and then B, within a week of the announcement, they've decided to fire him, and the guy is a lame duck at one week. Ahead. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. The bronze... Shared by Trump, J.D. Vance, Ted Budd, other Republicans, including the National Republican Senatorial Committee. 
and their victim was Herschel Walker. I'm actually, I'm actually defending Herschel Walker. Ah! Turns out all the leading Republicans sent out email blitzes asking for donations for Walker for the Georgia runoff. And in the fine print of the Trump email praising Herschel and the J.D. Vance email praising Herschel and the other emails praising Herschel, the small detail that if you donated to help Herschel, his campaign would get 10% of the money you donated, but Trump or Vance or Bud or the others would keep 90% for themselves. The NRSC, the committee, is keeping 99% for itself. The Walker campaign called everybody out on this and the others, even Trump, but not the NRSC, they backed down to 50-50. I can't imagine how Herschel Walker got out fundraised by Raphael Warnock. Con men. Speaking of which, the silver, Kevin Cork. And this is, this is a weird story. This guy was a sports center anchor, very diligent. Went to NBC News as a correspondent, hardworking, people liked him. But the upshot at NBC was management thought he was overmatched. Let him go. He went to Fox. He was their White House correspondent. He's now a D.C. news correspondent on their morning show yesterday, which I think is entitled Steve Ducey and two people who are actually dumber than Steve Ducey. I think that's what it's called. They threw to Kevin Cork, who is considered a hard news, non-opinion guy, to analyze or talk about or just fill time about Katie Hobbs's victory in the Arizona governor's race. Cork quoted the Hobbs tweet, democracy is worth the wait. Thank you, Arizona. I'm so honored and so proud to be your next governor. And then Cork said, quote, but if you believe that, I got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. If that is, of course, you think Carrie Lake agrees, which apparently she doesn't. She tweeted this adroitly. Arizonans know BS when they see it. They sure do, Cork. This is from one of the people Fox points at when civilization says unanimously, why do you call yourself news when there is no news? If you called yourself orange juice when there was no orange in your product, you'd go to jail. This is a guy supposedly limited to facts or reality. Not like our winner, Billow. Oh, he's back. The Daily Beast Confider Media Newsletter reports that when Bill O'Reilly, Mr. Falafel himself, more iced tea MFer, right you are, Mr. Jack Mayhoffer, when he went on Chris Cuomo's new show on the channel News Nation on election night, he was identified as Bill O'Reilly News Nation contributor. In other words, somebody had hired him for money. Even after the debacle at Fox News with the $11 billion he and Fox had to pay to the 206 sexual harassment victims, or however many it was. But wait, there's more to this. On November 2nd, a News Nation spokesperson emailed the Daily Beast. Bill O'Reilly is not a paid contributor to News Nation. Confronted by the election night idea of him as a contributor, the same spokesperson then again emailed, That is wrong. Nothing has changed. Well, this is easily settled, Chris Cuomo. Next time you have him on there, just run the identifying graphic over him reading, Bill O'Reilly, not wearing pants. Bill, I'm a contributor. In fact, I'd all like you to sit around and watch as I contribute O'Reilly today's worst person in the world. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. 
That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. To the number one story on the countdown and my favorite topic, me... And things I promised not to tell. And with that Bill O'Reilly, Chris Cuomo thing in worse persons about that network news nation, I was reminded that there's another guy who has a show on it. And if you have not seen this network, you are among roughly 8 billion people. It's kind of like the Nick at night of cable news. You turn to it and five will get you 10 that your immediate reaction will be, I didn't know he was still alive. Anyway, it reminded me of this story about this other guy. I was a witness to the greatest management fiasco in television history, and it began on Monday, June 12, 2006. My girlfriend at the time, Katie Turr, was coming in from L.A. for a week, and my vacation had started the previous Friday at exactly 9.01 p.m. At 9.02 p.m. on that Friday night, the acting chief of MSNBC, Phil Griffin, called me insisting that even though I was on vacation, we had to meet for breakfast at 9.30 a.m. Monday. I said that made it a not vacation. And he said, we will give you two additional days off later. Something is happening you need to know about first. I sighed. The previous Wednesday, they had fired the president of MSNBC, the one who had once chased me around our offices in Secaucus, New Jersey, threatening to kill me because he was squeamish about blood. See if that makes any logical sense to you. He threatened to kill me, because he was squeamish about blood. Jeff Zucker, 
Then the president of NBC had called my agent and asked how my relationship with the aforementioned acting chief, Phil Griffin, was. It was obvious they were going to put Griffin in charge, and as the marquee anchor on the network, they needed me to find it out from them rather than from a gossip site or something. I could not begrudge them the courtesy. So, on the first weekday of my vacation, Griffin and I met for breakfast, and as soon as coffee arrived, he said, So, uh, listen, buddy, um, I'm going to be the executive in charge of MSNBC, but I'm going to be staying here in the city uh, to oversee the Today Show, so MSNBC will also have a general manager, uh, and the general manager will be in charge in Secaucus, and the new general manager will be Dan Abrams. Well, I paused for a second and then burst into laughter. I mean, 30 seconds of a riotous belly laugh. Loud enough that other people at the restaurant, at Norma's, in the Parker Meridian in New York City, turned around to look at me to find out what was so funny. Then I composed myself. Then I laughed again. Then a third laugh. Then a fourth laugh. Oh my God, Phil, that is the best. You get me to get up early on the first day of my vacation and you hit me with that Dan Abrams running something. We've known each other what, Phil? 25 years next month? That is the best joke you have ever told me. Dan Abrams. And I laughed again for another 30 seconds. And one of my friends who was a waiter there came over and said, everything okay? Because Phil could never interrupt anybody who was praising him, he smiled back at me, and when I finally stopped laughing, he said, well, well thanks, I guess, but, but I'm serious. We've been talking to Dan for several months about this, and he just has the kind of analytical mind that... It had taken me more than a minute to realize Griffin was serious that he and the president of NBC News, Steve Kappas, and that president of NBC, Jeff Zucker, had actually decided to take the host of our 9 p.m. show which had been devoted for years to excruciating, lowest common denominator, tabloid crap coverage of the missing white woman of the week, to take a man who had the respect of absolutely no one on air or off at MSNBC, a man who made me in that regard look like St. Francis of Assisi, a man who had only been in television for 12 years, a man who had never run anything in his life, a man with indescribably bad hair that none of us could identify. Was it a toupee? Was it a weave? Was he hit by lightning? And that was the most sincere thing about him, his hair. They had actually decided to appoint this gossip monger with no experience to run a network that was just now finally establishing itself as a factor in American political media. Christ, Phil, what are you thinking? I said to him. He's a buffoon. I'd rather work for Joe Scarborough. He's condescending. He insults his producers. He insults our producers. He leaks constantly to the reporters and the gossip blogs. Half of his exclusive sources turn out to be wrong. And I might be the best friend he has there. Phil Griffin chugged his coffee. Well, uh, I'm sorry about that. I mean, uh, I mean, it's not going to make any practical difference for you. you. You and Countdown will report directly to me. Dan isn't going to have any responsibilities for any of the primetime shows. He, he's only going to be hands-on with the daytime shows, but, but he'll be the general manager of the network, and we think he has a lot of exciting ideas. And I said, exciting ideas? About what? Exciting ideas about JonBenet Ramsey? Phil. We have just stopped being the running joke, the bottomless punchline of cable news. And once this gets out, 
We will be less respected than we were a year ago. I paused and the news bounced off the walls of the restaurant and hit me afresh again. Dan Abrams, general manager of MSNBC? He will get you fired, Phil. I don't know if he will get you fired because he's trying to get you fired or he'll get you fired because he'll be so bad at this that everybody will quit. But you've just committed professional suicide. You and Kappas and Zucker, dead men walking. Phil Griffin was now red. I had only previously seen him red when he was very, very drunk and we were in our 20s. I was hoping you'd give him a chance. And I said some very pleasant things about giving him a chance to destroy what we had been building up for the last year. And did Phil remember that my contract was up in six months and CNN was already publicly courting me to go there? I said, I'm gone. You might as well release me from the contract right now. I'm out. And then something else popped into my mind. Oh, and listen, did you think there might be a problem because he and I dated the same woman nine years ago and he told her she'd be making a mistake to get involved with me? Phil's eyes widened. He had forgotten. Like I said, uh, he'll have nothing to do with Countdown. An hour later, my home phone rang, and it was Dan Abrams. I just wanted to say how much I'm looking forward to working with you on Countdown. As time goes by, Phil will be more and more overwhelmed at the Today Show, and I'll be making the day-to-day decisions. I'll be your guy. After a few minutes of this, which I swear I could hear his phone scratching against his toupee, and during which I said nothing but, "Uh uh-huh, My home phone rang again, and it was the NBC president, Jeff Zucker. So you guys report to Dan, and if you need to go further, you can go to Phil. And I said, Phil had just told me Abrams would have nothing to do with Countdown, and I intended to make sure that was true. Zucker, showing the loyalty and consistency that was so publicly displayed in the original Chris Cuomo CNN fiasco, immediately said, well, if this doesn't work, F Dan Abrams. Hell, F Phil Griffin. You come to me. The first thing I had done when I had gotten home was to call my executive producer, Izzy Povich. She had been as fascinated as I had been as to why I had to have a business breakfast on day one of a vacation. Well, I sighed, you'll never believe who the new general manager of MSNBC is. She guessed Phil Griffin, then me, and then the manager of the New York Yankees, Joe Torre. I said, all would have been better choices. I said, It's Dan Abrams. She laughed so hard I had to pull the phone away from my ear. After she finally calmed down, Izzy said, You had me going. Oh my God, what a disaster that would be. I'm sorry, I fell into the bit. Yeah, just kidding. She laughed again. No, actually, I'm not kidding. She laughed again and said, Come on. And so I said, Yeah, yeah, I'm kidding. She laughed again. No, actually, I'm not kidding. Dan Abrams is the new general manager. She laughed again. We must have done this for two or three minutes. It was an old Eddie Izzard bit. I stole it from him about the death of Engelbert Humperdinck. I finally stopped when she said, wait, I saw Dan Abrams getting out of his car in the, in the president's parking space this morning. You're, 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 you're not kidding. Oh my God. I have to call my husband and tell him I'm quitting. Well, it all worked out about as well as I had predicted. At his first meeting with the producers, Dan Abrams revealed his first exciting idea. He had apparently been given enough lead time about his appointment to have made up giant banners containing the new MSNBC network slogan, which he had dreamed up. The banners, 
He told the producers, we're going to be hung around the studios. And in fact, we're being hung around the studios as they spoke. And behind him, there was one covered in a drape cloth. And he pulled the string. The cloth fell off, revealing his first exciting idea, the new network slogan, MSNBC, keeping it real. Keeping. K-E-E-I-P-I-N apostrophe. No G. Keeping. That was the highlight of his tenure as the general manager. The blowback against his appointment was so universal, nobody tried to hide it. Abrams' first move was to cancel a show hosted by an ex-Fox News walking malaprop artist named Rita Cosby. She almost took hostages. Abrams delayed the meeting to tell her staff from noon until 6 p.m. Abrams then gave an interview about his vision for MSNBC and told the reporter, quote, documentaries are our most important programs and the staffs of the uncanceled primetime shows, mine included, nearly walked out because, in fact, we were our most important programs. While Griffin prevented that mass resignation by swearing Abrams had been misquoted, Abrams then launched a series of radio commercials for MSNBC documentaries. Abrams tried to get a producer named Bill Wolf, who had been told he was going to be the new general manager, to instead host his own show. He told me he had figured out the perfect guest host for Countdown and was already in negotiations with him, Dan Rather. My girlfriend Katie's father then chimed in with a new nickname for Abrams that spread across the television industry, Miles. Miles, as in Miles, the boy producer from the sitcom Murphy Brown. I even felt sorry for him. It was that bad. And, of course, I was promptly repaid for this mistake. A week after Abrams was hired, the cable news blogger named Brian Stelter, who inexplicably wound up first at the New York Times and then at CNN, and you heard about him getting fired over the summer, Brian Stelter called to say he had been told by a source at NBC that I had just been fired at a meeting an hour before by Abrams and an NBC executive named Randy Falco. In fact, Abrams was at a meeting with Zucker and the NBC News president, Kappas, as they desperately tried to steer out of the fatal skid they had all swerved into. Phil Griffin was furious. Griffin told me he suspected Abrams had been somehow connected to this leak about this fake story about me getting fired, and he began an investigation of him and never trusted him again. One week, appointed Monday, and a lame duck the following Monday. Keeping it real. Keeping! On August 9th, three days shy of the two months mark, Phil Griffin called my office an hour and a half before my show. Okay, you want to say I told you so? We've made it clear to Dan that he won't be involved in any major decisions going forward. He will remain general manager, but I'm running everything. In a year or so, buddy, we'll say he found out he just had to go back on the air and he'll resign and we'll give him the 9 p.m. show, probably. You have to keep this confidential. I did. I'm surprisingly good at that, at least till I started this podcast. 14 months later, they offer offed him, by which time I had already started to lobby them to make the 9 p.m. host not Dan Abrams, but Rachel Maddow. They finally gave into that in September 2008. And Dan did not have a show or a title, and he finally got the message, and he left NBC in 2011. The last I had heard of Dan Abrams before the News Nation retirement home, he had launched a new website. It's called Whiskey Raiders. 
because it rates various brands of whiskey. You get it? Raiders, raters. You get it? It's a pun. Presumably, he chose that pun because somebody else had already taken Keeping It Real. I've done all the damage I can do here. Thanks for listening and keeping it real without a letter G. Follow this podcast if you can. Tell a friend. We are number one among news and political podcasts not produced by a network. And you know why that is? It's because I'm putting the ass back into podcast. Here are the credits. Most of the music, including our theme from Beethoven's Ninth, was arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel. They are the Countdown Musical Directors. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray. Produced by TKO Brothers. And Brian is also in charge of keeping it real. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by No Horns Allowed. The sports music is the Olbermann theme from ESPN2, and it was written by Mitch Warren Davis, and it appears here courtesy of ESPN Inc. Musical comments by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was Larry David. Everything else eh, is pretty much my fault. So that's Countdown for this, the 680th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him now while we still can. There will be a new episode tomorrow. Till then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, good luck, and keeping it real. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 